0: this is number two. <laughs> number two. Podcast number two of the uh, Sound of No Hands Clapping podcast. There we go. Yep, You're listening it. to the Sound of No Hands Clapping. Inaudibly. Yeah.
1: I think inexplicably <laughs> somehow
0: you've landed up here. Yeah. So this may or may not come out. We'll see how it goes. Um, yep. Right. So I've prepared a grand wonderment for you, Mr. Jolie.
1: Okay. You've got
0: ideas, plans future goals. Yeah. Oof. Okay. And also some things to talk about.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I will, I expect to see
0: all of this. You want this every <laughs> week from now on. <laughs> I've dug myself into a hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I guess yeah, brief introduction. I'm Ethan. I am Joeli, so you know who's who when we're talking that talk. Right. So yeah, I've been reading a book. It was a bloody good book and it brought up a couple of points. Um and I thought that might be worth discussion. So we might get into a little bit of um, religion, uh, potentially, because they're kind of lingering on that. Um, but hopefully we can manage to... We won't write...
1: get too bogged down by all of that. Yeah,
0: hopefully we can manage to discuss it
1: as normal. Uh, frivolously and uh, with the humor that you've come to expect from, <laughs> from one episode <laughs> previously. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, so the, the first um, point was... They were talking about vanity and how... Well, do you want to plug the book first? Oh, yeah, so the book was um, Corey Taylor's book. Um, I can't remember the exact title off the top of my head, but it was like The Seven Deadly Sins or something like that. Corey Taylor, The Frontman of Slipknot. Um, Actually a bloody good book talking about how he thought that The Seven Deadly Sins weren't actually that bad and that deadly. Um, So, yeah, it was quite an interesting read. If you're into that kind of thing, if you're into kind of a little bit of a an introspective into that kind of stuff. It's, it's a good read. Um, so yeah, so some of the things that he brought up, so talking about vanity, um, and that, that kind of situation that vanity brings around of like, almost self-loathing in a way, because you're always wanting to better the way you are and the way you look and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it means that, it inherently kind of means that you don't dislike how you are at the moment. Well, but I thought part of the
1: critique was that you, that he liked the seven deadly sins because they are a means to better yourself. I think what your point is that they're a righteous demand through some other means that is kind of damning you as you are and damning the ways to get better as well,
0: right? No. (laughs) No, so he was saying, he wasn't, well, he wasn't kind of saying that the deadly sins were good, but he just was saying that they weren't that bad. Like, there's worse things that should be on the list than the current seven. Right. So, so anyway, so yeah, well basically he was describing vanity as, as that kind of form of self-loathing because inherently that's what it is. Because if you, if you are constantly looking for something better than what you've got currently, surely that must mean that you dislike what you've got currently. Because if you were happy with it, you wouldn't be looking for anything better than Did that, you say you? vanity?
1: Yeah. Well, vanity is your own glorification of yourself, isn't it? Yeah. So, you're not looking for something else if you've got vanity.
0: Well, would you say someone is vain if they get a facelift?
1: Um, depends. Depends if they've had uh, acid thrown on their face. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) If if they're a normal
0: person and they're getting a facelift because... They want to look better. They're obsessed because, well, what you could say about vanity, for an example, would be someone who's obsessed with their own image, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're obsessed with the way they look. And part of that obsession is that they decide they need a facelift. Right. Because they've kind of got that that obsession going. Yeah. So, that's I guess that's kind of the point that I'm coming from, is that kind of...
1: They're never content with where they're at they've yeah. got to they've got to do more to get well, yeah, I think that's true, but you could also that that form of vanity leads to um better selection better it's a, a more of a form of form of refinement
0: yeah, yeah, and that's kind of that was one of the things that he did kind of hint towards as well is that you know if if it causes you to become a better version of yourself than what's necessarily the bad thing in that but the and the other point that he raised which is kind of what i actually wanted to discuss was um the fact that commercialism is so uh embedded in this thought of self-loathing that companies actually want people to dislike themselves because it means that they're going to spend money because they'll get you know the latest yep. Yep. fashion clothes they'll get the facelift they'll get whatever because yeah. it's designed inherently to make them feel better about themselves because they've got the latest pair of shoes or whatever well
1: that's pretty much marketing that's, that's the that's the whole
0: point of marketing Well, it make yeah. you feel like you
1: need something yeah exactly so that's but it's that's such course, a yeah. it's
0: such a negative way of doing it you know because they're they're effectively destroying people at their core yeah for the dollar yeah it is pr- reducing it to that
1: but i mean they've obviously found that that's the best way that works and if we're stupid enough to buy it what, well, what's yeah. that? <laughs> that's true that's true but
0: I, yeah i just wondered uh, what your thoughts were on that because i thought that was quite interesting that's not something that i, I hadn't really wow. viewed it from that viewpoint before and obviously mm. obviously there are things that you need you know you need food and you need water and you need shelter and all that kind of stuff that's kind of your basic stuff and obviously people in this day and age they kind of do need a phone and things like that because they need to keep in touch with other people Mm. but but there are definitely certain companies that are entirely built on just making sure you dislike yourself
1: right keeping you in that space where you're discontent
0: Mm and i think what does that say about us as a society because effectively everyone is buying into obviously there's outliers that don't but the grand majority of people are buying into this where no one is comfortable with themselves and they're it's you know ingrained in them constantly to be constantly looking for that next thing that's going to make them feel better about themselves they can't look yeah. No one's looking inwardly for it, I guess. It's always the external uh, mm. solutions, I guess?
1: Well I, I think it's it's a it's a good principle to think about for me in any case, which is we view ourselves as being separate separate other, separate world, separate God. Right. It's the three fundamentals. So when you when you kind of view yourself as separate from everything else yeah then you naturally start to make judgments and kind of you can't help it and then everything becomes a commodity right and then uh, it's like well i i like what my neighbor's doing better than i like what i'm doing so yeah i i'm i'm judging myself based on his success or his failure
0: right and so do you think in the plays a part in that too then like for an ex in that example and especially yeah. you know you're, you're seeing what other people have and you want to reach that yourself i guess
1: yeah but it's it's like you say it's not based in an equanimity or a feeling of comfort in yourself and mm. where you're at and so you na- naturally i think it's the tendency to go well once i've got this thing is that going to do it and then you probably realize nah. It doesn't do the trick, so you have to move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, that's the thing. It's like, the game is played when you start to buy into the fact that you're not good as you are.
0: Well, the and other, then the, the
1: thing just keeps going
0: on and on. The other thing that kind of occurred to me was like, is it, is it just human nature to never be settled? Because the the act of... Settling kind of just means that you're going to just be stuck in this rut. And although it's nice, and if if you're in a place where you have everything that you want and you're completely contented, then I envy you. But for most people, it's Mm. kind of natural for everyone to go to the next thing because it's it's a driver. You know, if you're constantly after Mm. something, it constantly pushes you to be moving forward in your life. Mm. And whether that's whether that's you know bettering yourself with through education or learning a skill yep. or something yep. like that or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. you know is that just human nature to, to constantly because I mean to be uh, adapting evolving and doing yeah constantly yeah. pushing on for the next thing whether you know is that is that vanity or envy or is that you know even the other ones greed and lust or, or gluttony or whatever mm-hmm. is that just the well, human mm-hmm. genome
1: I think a good point there which was the fact that when you when you get into all of that you you actually have to put on a bit of a farce, a bit of a character yeah because it means you have to look like you're doing it you're getting better and if it kind of means that you have to present to the world the best version of yourself or what you think is the best version of yourself yeah such that they'll view you as a good commodity and want to hang out want to do the whole play right and so you're actually it's not allowing you to be honest because to be congruent and to be honest and say actually i feel like i'm having a shit day yeah right our people be like well that's totally negative that's like ruining my socially appealing it's not and so you're your whole the whole world is kind of putting on that imprint that we're all with it we're all happy We're all happy consumers, and then you can't let off the fact that actually, I'm a little bit fucking (laughs) sick of it. I'm a
0: little bit, slightly, just a little bit disgruntled. (laughs) I'm I'm actually unhappy some (laughs) of the time. Yeah,
1: it's it's the full experience, but we can't talk about the full experience. We can only talk about the the percent that. That works with,
0: uh, we're getting better, we're doing it. With a that way. social narrative of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of consumerism. and But I think, personally, it's kind of quite refreshing when you meet someone who is kind of open about that, you know. They're having a shit day, they'll say it, you know, kind of thing. Right. And kind of give you that little peek behind the curtain, I guess. I think that's kind of nice. to me- And I guess it's probably just because that person really are one of those people that don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And so they're just...
1: Or they're not trying to sell something. Yeah, well, that too. Or
0: feeling the need to buy something.
1: Yeah, right. So you're not going to sell something by saying, I'm unhappy right now, but... Yeah. Can we make a connection? Yeah, yeah. I really know every a
0: great time, but will you buy this, please? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, I just thought that was kind of an interesting, um... Yeah. interesting thing. Um, the other thing that I thought was really profound, one of the things that he said again in this book, um and this is the quote, life is better lived when you don't buy into what you think you know. And so I kind of broke that down as kind of looking at things in kind of a binary sense, either, you know something for sure or you don't know it at all. So it kind of gets rid of, for me anyway, I can see how that would get rid of, um, self doubt or doubting other people, you know, you know, for example, I know, you know, that tree is green, right? Do you know that, though? Well, I've looked at it, so... But do you know that in
1: reality it's green? Well, because (laughs) well, no, I'm getting a bit... It's getting a bit deep. Well, I'm getting a bit deep, but I think it's a fair point that needs to be made. Right. Which was what I was saying before about you as a perceiver viewing objectively that tree. You are looking at it as something going, that's green. Uh, To my... To me, it could look like a different shade of green. It could even look different altogether because of the filter it's gone through, right?
0: Okay. Well, maybe let's break this down a little bit differently. So, but do let's...
1: you know? For, <laughs> would you stake your life on it in a court of, in a court of law that this tree is green and? for some inexplicable reason everyone else goes no that's a blue tree <laughs> well, and you're like what? It's like what? That, uh, remember that dress?
0: That, did you ever see that dress that some people thought it was blue and some people thought it was gold? Like, yeah. it was the was picture of that dress. I guess that's the same kind of thing. So, no, based on the evidence of that dress, I wouldn't stake my life on it. Yeah, but well, there you go. Okay. So, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, you've derailed my entire conversation now. No, no, carry on, carry on. <laughs> um, so, well, the way I, I guess, another way of breaking this down would be, for example, okay, like, it's just a way of not getting in your head about things. So, mm-hmm. for example, it could be like, a girl, right? You're texting a girl, and you're fucking in that kind of inner turmoil of does she like me? Does she not? Whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's just
0: like you just don't even bother about that because it's not something that you know. Until right. you know that she's into you, or you know that she's not into you, deal with that then. But until that point, don't get involved with what you think you know or what you think. You right, don't know. making prior presumptions. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, basically, it's saying living in your head, the the kind of over-analyzing stuff and getting in your own way kind of yeah. deal, which is what it, I think, well, I do it, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I do it as well. I'm sure a lot of
0: people do. Um, but yeah, I just, and I, I guess I've been told this before, it's like, you know, you don't get in your own head or whatever, but mm. I thought that's just kind of a really nice way of looking at it, and it's a, a different way of looking at it. It's like, if it's not something that you're certain about... Mm don't worry. If it's not a certain thing, it's not worth wasting time and energy Mm. worrying on it. That's a good point. But
1: that's almost like saying don't think about the pink elephant. As soon as you, well, uh, that's the common one, which is as soon as you say an idea and you say don't think about it, you're
0: thinking about it. You think about it. right? Yeah,
1: Which is true enough to say that don't worry is kind of like a like a thing don't do it and then you go oh shit I've done it <laughs> 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 well that's, that's so, true so what what the art is of actually as a philosophy I agree but as mm. a practice
0: oh as a practice <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> but it's something well alright I'm going to try it out and maybe in five episodes time or whatever I'll report back the results I'll do a scientific study for all our listeners I'll take one for the team <laughs> yeah yeah do
1: that yeah you're uh, you're the guinea pig on that one
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I've been called worse. (laughs) Just a pig. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I've ever been called a pig. I'm sure I will at some point. Life's too long, right?
1: Life's too long not to be called a pig. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you just need to put on the right uniform. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Let's get a job as a company, right,
0: boys? Getting out on the track. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to... Any ideas?
1: any ideas? Many ideas okay all right this is a creative idea that Ooh, i hear. lay it on me well i've been thinking about storytelling yeah yep um, and i realized they say one of the first things that you do when you write a story is have an inciting event which basically means that you have something that kicks off the the protagonist into his kind of journey right and so there's the Fresh that's, moving to, yeah, yeah 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 in exactly. <laughs> that's right and then everything go, spins on from there the character develops he goes through you know the usual story structure of going through a crisis and then a resolve and then okay as yeah. the thing goes but I was thinking well that's good as a as a kind of a tool right but what about when you've got already a character that's firmly established because it's kind of like you know actors who say I've got to learn my lines and I've got to get into my character I need time to my character evolves basically Right. and it's kind of the same thing with the inciting event is there to let the character go through an arch but what if the character's already gone through an arch and you're seeing him after his arch I wanted to think Mm. of a story after his
0: main story right or (laughs) Could it even be during his main story, like he's, he's gone through that arch you pick up after he's gone through that arch, but before the actual main story's finished? But or would that be jarring to the reader, because they all of a sudden have lost a frame of reference for this character? Well, no, nah. I think it's kind of like Star Wars, where all the
1: films were set, the first films came out, and then all the other films were set beforehand, it's kind of like the arch was there. Before and we're all kind of jumped into what's happening now, but you could argue that. But the characters are new. That's the only difference. Yeah. These characters are freshly put into the story. Yeah. But the story was pre-existing.
0: But you could argue that that arch. Really, well, it was kind of two different arches, really. Yeah. But but, but I'm,
1: what I'm saying is the story structure. You've you've got the man who's gone through his arch, and so it's kind of like his backstory is really the main thing that you should know about him. Yeah. But you're coming in hot off the heels of that's all been completed now. This dude has to go on with the fact that his best story has been told. <laughs> <laughs> all he's got is his B-grade <laughs> shit stories. And so I want to kind of talk ironically about that.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, do you think then that perhaps could could those stories? Be as good as the main story. Do you think every character has a main story? Um, well, I think the character
1: you define the character by the first story, by how how iconic it is. But what if you tell the reader that this story was iconic, and therefore he's now in in the aftermath of
0: that. Instead of kind of showing the reader like them being along with you for the ride, you just tell them like this. He, he is this person now and
1: then and then if your book is successful then you can go okay now I'm going to tell you the, the first or the best <laughs> one because I've now got you hooked on to the fact that there was something
0: yeah <laughs> so you're just like waving it's kind a of like reverse of, sequel yeah right <laughs> <laughs> well maybe that was George Lucas's plan all along with These Star Wars he's a fucking genius <laughs>
1: yeah that bearded man yep Yeah, no, that's. So, yeah, that was my idea was... could we come up with a fucking story of. Give an example of an exciting event that happened. He went through this whole journey and now he's at the end of it and he's just got to live life
0: normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, does that create an exciting story though? (laughs) If you're just like. If you're just finding out about this dude who's just. Well, he's done this great shit but he's just living a normal life. I think it
1: naturally makes it a
0: comedy. Well, yeah. But then again, Mm. if someone has such a monumental story, is their life just a normal life after that? Like, for example, take a look at, say, like, Sredmund Hillary, right? Yep. He had that monumental story. Sredman Hillary was the New Zealand man, first man to climb to the top of Mount Everest, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, He had that monumental story, right? But there's no way that after that did he live a, a regular life. You know, he would have guest appearances at things and signings and whatever. You know, he had yeah. statues created in his honour. I mean, that's an extreme example. But do you think that it's actually possible for someone, if their story is that momentous, to it actually happens. have just a boring, straight edge life after that? Or do you think they're always going to have interesting little stories?
1: Well, that's the thing. It would have all of its own uh, problems that comes along mm. with it that's actually i would actually like to read this book now. <laughs> see I've, I've piped it for you yeah
0: you've created a narrative that i want to buy into <laughs>
1: exactly i'm halfway there
0: yeah well i guess as long yeah i guess it just depends on what the main story is unless like you'd hate it to be like the pinnacle of your life is going to the store and you bought one bottle of milk and got two free. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the pinnacle of where shit got. Because yeah. then every other story is going to be pretty shit, I suppose. But
1: Well, and what about this as a concept? Well, no, that's a bit... It's black. But what about a story like the lines of Bill, Bill Cosby? Oh, no. <laughs> he, oh, no. He, he's, he's done everything. He's, yeah. he's, he's achieved it all. all. Yep. And then in the aftermath... You realize oh. something else. <laughs> that, that would be a
0: story and a half. I mean, yeah. I think that is kind of the route I'm going <laughs> with that story. So you're going like something from, someone from such a high positive place to an extreme place. It could negative be. Place. It could well be. Yeah. Because really, that's what because I mean, he was called, wasn't he called like the father of the nation at one point or something like that?
1: Yeah, he was, well, he was in family entertainment. Yeah. He was like, he was kind of that wholesome of dude. Little, that, yeah,
0: wholesome yeah. man. I got that wrong. Yeah, you just wouldn't know. As well, that's it. Eh? You just can't tell.
1: Yeah, well as Dave Chappelle said, um he did a stand up special and he was just like Yeah, imagine if you found out that chocolate ice cream itself had raped fifty four people. <laughs> it's like something so beloved as chocolate yeah. ice cream as a as a concept had raped people. <laughs> it's like how did it do it? First off, but any anyway, you go yeah, it's just I like bet, <laughs> I bet there'll be people
0: out there who doesn't like said chocolate and ice cream. And be like,
1: I knew it, I knew he did it. Ah, no, it's vanilla. I, s- I figured it was vanilla. <laughs> but he's got a good point. Like you, when you have something that is so well known and you have such reverence for it. Yeah, right. And then
0: it just the turns mind out, almost can't comprehend. You know, nah. when you've got someone that's so beloved, you just be like, shit. that, yeah. that is unbelievable. And it's. It's so disappointing, I guess. Because it seems to be having more and more. You had Jimmy Savile, Rolf Harris, now obviously with the whole Crosby thing. It's like, who's going to be next? Like, don't tell me fucking, like, someone like, I don't know, Morgan Freeman or something. Who you know? can you trust? Like, yeah. That's it. Like, there's... Well,
1: well, this is partly the thing of what I was saying with our personalities being hidden behind the fact that we have to put out a persona. I think it's it's kind of corrosive, actually. Mm. Because when you can't be, well, those things are taboo and therefore you shouldn't talk about them, right? But also to act out or to even be confessional about that is somehow taboo. Right. And it's almost like we're so sexually bound up and sexually frustrated that these outbursts happen and I think you have to be aware in yourself that we all have kind of sexual stuff that you don't want other people to know naturally you are secretive about sex in some degree i think it's just a tendency yeah. by our upbringings that we get secretive about
0: sexuality yeah right it's not a hu- something you well you can't, can't talk discuss. about it at the yeah. dinner table it's known that it's an off subject although i do think that perhaps it's becoming more of a commonplace discussion uh, I think society is slightly loosening the binds of that taboo topic around it, I guess. Because definitely, I th- well, maybe with our generation more. Yeah, well,
1: could be. I it's it's so hard to tell.
0: Yeah. But, well, maybe it's the advent of social media. Because certainly, it's definitely out there in the public a lot more because of that. So maybe, mm. by sheer exposure, it's becoming less of a th- sort of shocking thing. Yeah. Yeah, well,
1: that could well be, but does it because we're more, uh, less shocked by it, like we're less shocked by action films and violence, mm. does that mean it still happens less? I, I don't know if that makes that correlation worse. Yeah,
0: true. True.
1: We're just like more, ex- we're just not as surprised by it. We just go, oh, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. somebody had that happen to them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. We're just more cynical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a
0: it's a tricky one. That one. Yeah, so, yep. The Bill Cosby phenomenon. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of a that was a heavy a one. I'm, yeah, I'm still not 100 sure if I'll leave that one. <laughs> but well, uh, well, we'll give it a go. Um, should we call it there? Yeah, I guess so. That's yeah. that's that's us. For, <laughs> that's us for another week. Um, so yeah, this has been. Our second episode, if we if we check this up, of the sound of no hands clapping. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. If you made it right to the end, then you're the favourite type of person. You're the best type of person. Yeah. Uh, you're very supportive. And uh, very special. We love you very much. And if you're ever in strife, uh, believe, just believe, <laughs> just and believe, it will be right. <laughs> <laughs> it will be right. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. Um, anything you want to plug? Any social media or anything that people can Buy find Buy my
1: book that's not going to come out. Yet, <laughs>
0: because it will be there. It will be. Or give me an inciting event that if will... You, if you believe it enough, um, Joe's book will come out. It will if appear you in slash, your hand. Slash write him an email every day. Or well, maybe it's already come out, and I am a phantom writer. <laughs> Star under, Wars. I certain name that was all you. <laughs> Star Wars was me.
1: <laughs>
0: um, if you want to catch up with anything I'm doing, you can follow me on uh, Snapchat at the BFG underscore um, Until next time, guys. Have a good. Have a good. have I don't know. We haven't decided how often we're going to be releasing these yet. Whether it's a good week, good two weeks, good month, whatever. But. it's it's just good have a good good (laughs) will to you have a good one Um, thanks for listening guys see ya